now we're live. <laughs> Guys, we're here. I'm with a special guest. Can you please tell the audience your name? Hey, this is Lisa. <laughs> My name, Lisa Benoit. <laughs> what do you do, Lisa? What is it that you do? I coach and mentor real estate agents, uh, new people coming into the business, basically show them the ropes, make sure they're doing it properly. How long have you been doing this? Uh, training agents. I used to train agents about 14 years ago whenever I started in the business, but uh, with Texas United, I've been doing about two and a half, maybe three years now. Mm -hmm. But real estate, 15 years. And how did you first get into real estate? Um, I wanted something different. Um, you know, when I was younger, I was always looking for change and I always, um, I was just open to a lot of things. And of course being young, you want a lot of money. And so, uh, I had an aunt that owned a century 21. I decided I was wanted to get into the business mm -hmm. and I said, Hey, let me get started. And she was like, yeah, come on. And I got a, my real estate license, my mortgage license, and a title license. <laughs> so you did it all. Yes. <laughs> and what year was this? 2005, maybe. Whoa, that was like centuries ago. Thank you very much <laughs> for making me it's feel just old. A joke. It's just a joke. You're very youthful. So. <laughs> hey, somebody asked my son the other day, hey, is that your sister? I get that all the time with my mom. So that that's you a look good old. Thing. No, that's not what that means. That means <laughs> that the mom, that's a compliment to the mom, not that I look old. Okay. I look where I'm supposed to be. Okay. <laughs> so what advice would you give an, a new agent? Or what advice would you give somebody who's looking to get into real estate? What should they expect? The same advice I would give to anyone in life. Don't give up. You got to fail to succeed. And if you don't fail, then you're never going to succeed because you don't know what you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. So you must fail to succeed is what you would tell them. You've got to keep on trying. But, you, you know, you have to try a lot of things and just don't give up. You know, if, if, if you're doing it and you're doing it right, then great. But if you haven't failed, then you don't understand what, what you're doing wrong, how to correct the problem and move forward. Mm -hmm. At this age, I have lost my home probably more than two or three times. Just, you know, um, I lucked out on Harvey, but uh, I was in Katrina. I um, moved around three or four times afterwards. Uh, and ended up in different states, and now I'm here. But it took me a lot of tries, mm -hmm. and I, I kept trying, not giving up, because if I gave up, I wouldn't be where I am now. So that's the advice that you would give. Yeah. yeah. Which is the greatest advice, I feel like, is to, I guess, is the endurance, the long one. Yeah. And not, I think a lot of people get caught up in the instant success. Instant gratification. If it's instant gratification, you probably, um, what's it, you, uh, the faster you win, you can lose just as fast. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you can, just like they always say, people, millionaires, they go bankrupt faster than um, a lot of the, re the regular population. They come into all that money, success real fast, they, they don't know what to do with it, and they end up spending it, and they're bankrupt within the first few years. So you just got to do everything with a pace. So how important is money management 
if you're if you're used to getting a check and then you come into real estate to where you're getting commission, how how important is it to like manage your money? You have well, you have to time manage really well, and you have to manage your money really well. You have to put at least six months worth of funds aside, whatever it takes to pay your bills, and you know, food, groceries, have a little extra cash. Take that, multiply that times six, keep that in your reserves, and then you can get into the real estate, do it full time, but focus on what you're doing. What a lot of people do is they get into this business, they'll do item one, item two, item three, they see somebody else that does item four really good and they jump to that instead of finding a niche market for themselves and just focusing on that. Mm -hmm. So it's about finding a niche. Yes, that too. <laughs> As well. What we were talking about earlier, I mean, I come across a lot of people who want to get into it, but I don't think they really understand what they're getting themselves into. Well, people people see successful real estate agents driving their nice cars and whatnot, but they don't realize that, you know, we, we really do work really hard. We work seven days a week to make the money that we make. It's easy to make six figures in real estate, but you know, the work that you see behind it, I, I don't know. You guys know. I'm, I'm always on the phone, email, phone calls, whatever, but I'm constantly on top of my agents and on top of my clients. There are some agents where I'm too busy. I can't take a phone call right now. I can't answer that email. And that's where they fail with the service. You know, they can't make that money. It's so you see the big dollars, but you don't see the hard work. You just see the smiles and like, yeah, I got that. Not understanding all the work that you put in on a daily basis. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to build up. You have to have a good relationship with um, with your clients or even people that you just meet in order to get their business. You, they know that you're making, you know, five or six thousand, ten, twenty thousand. You know, uh, I have a client that called me up because somebody referred me to him and if I close on his deal that's a uh, $30,000 commission mm -hmm. you know and that was just a referral I had to sit down meet with him build a relationship follow up with him a couple of times to make sure that he knew that I knew what I was doing mm -hmm. okay. that makes sense so what would you tell existing agents what would be the best way to generate leads? Well, capturing listings, <laughs> asking their parents if they could take their house and put it up on the market. Um, for for new agents, just talk to everybody. The best way to um, get clients initially is go through your circle of influence. Talk to everybody you know. If you have a friend that's living in an apartment, then there's a pretty good chance they're, ready to buy a house. they're they're either getting ready to buy a house or lease soon. Mm -hmm. So in the next 12 months, that's money in your pocket if you know how to do it properly. You know, need to know how to have the conversation because you can make money placing them in an apartment. And then you place them in an apartment and then talk to them about, hey, you know, why don't you consider uh, looking into buying instead of leasing so that way you can earn equity earn value and then maybe you could sell your first home later and turn it into uh, income mm -hmm. from the equity or you can lease it out. You know, a lot of people, first time homes, usually a small two or three bedroom, less than 100 and 
$50,000, you can easily flip that or lease it out later on. Um, so your circle of influence first, uh, try doing open houses, uh, going to the local businesses and putting your information out there, and then also just um, talking to business owners because you build rapport with business owners just like a restaurant or a coffee shop. Someone comes into that restaurant and says, hey, I'm moving into this area. You know, can you tell me a little bit more about it? And and then if they don't have a realtor, they'll be like, yeah, you know, I know this guy. I think he has his card somewhere around here. Let me go find one. You can give him a call. He's very familiar with this area. He comes here all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how important is following up with people? That's very important. <laughs> following up and being consistent. That's where a lot of agents fail. They they don't follow up. They don't make the phone calls because they're just afraid to break the news or say say something wrong or they're just shy. You shouldn't be in this business if, if you're, you're shy. shy. So with that being said, how important is branding to you? Branding is very important. Um, a lot of new agents come in here, come into this business thinking, oh, well, I'm going to sign up with a big company. Mm -hmm. And... Yes. And they're going to brand me. Well, if you go and you see a big company sign, there's no, there's no picture of an agent. They're not branding you as an agent. They're branding themselves as a company. Whereas with us, I try to train my agents how to brand yourself. Brand yourself as a person. Get people to know you. Farm an area. Get the people to recognize your name. A lot of people, when they look at my name, they either associate it with the restaurants now or they associate it with Texas United Realty. And it's they know exactly what I'm doing is because I made sure that I was clear. I, I made sure my message was clear. This is what I do. This is what I can do for you. And that's what you need to do is brand yourself, you, whether you do mailers or you put your signs out or you just build rapport with people that is branding also. Mm -hmm. That's, those are the major keys. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one thing I feel like I um, excel in the most is branding. Mm -hmm. Because I realize that people really don't care about necessarily just the agent and the houses that you post, but more so like you mm -hmm. as, a person, as a person. And they buy into me and then they want to work with me. That's correct. So um, I have a lot of uh, clients in my past life with, from the restaurants who come to me for business. It's because I... They know that from my old business, I'm pretty honest and straightforward. Yeah. That's one thing. It's it's a strength and also one of my weaknesses because sometimes I'm so straightforward it hurts people's feelings. But some people in in life, if you have, it's the truth, and people can appreciate that if you're straightforward with them. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, branding super important. Perfect how, pictures. How important is social media now? Social media is a huge thing, especially if your target market is going to be Younger. in the millennials. Yeah. You, you get you get people who are 18, 19 um, years old right now that they're so smart. They know how to use social media. They're earning money off YouTube, Instagram, all that good stuff. And they they their circle of influence is our followers. I mean, people who get big followings, all they have to do is say, hey, buy a house from me. Everybody comes and follows you. You're absolutely correct. So how do you feel about going into where we're going with technology and everything? How do you feel 
in lines of versus the older agents versus the new ones? Like the ones who kind of stuck in the past, not really on social media. How do you see it turning out for them versus us coming in? So there is, with all the technology and everything, there all the younger generations is moving forward, but there's still a need for old-fashioned marketing. I actually, because I train agents from the age of 18 to 65, and I'm one of those in-betweens, I've always been good with technology, mm-hmm. and I had to kind of learn I kind of reverted back to mailers and door knocking because you still have people who they want to be able to touch and feel you. You know, it's technology is so impersonal nowadays that some people are looking, hey, you know what? I might want a real person. But the younger generation, I think they're going to stick with technology. Whereas you get people who, you know, at my age (laughs) in the upper 30s and up, they want people that they can touch, feel, shake hands with, meet, and have coffee and talk about business and not have to log on to Facebook or Instagram. Well, I think it's both. Hmm? I think it's a mixture of doing both. You have to I do mean, both. Having social media and, and still being able to cold call and go to the doors and meet people. Yeah. You have to be open to it. The problem with the younger generation is... There are some of them that aren't aren't afraid to go door knocking, but there are so many of them that they don't want to leave the comfort of their own screen. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't want to go door knocking. Not a lot of people are like you. Most of the younger generation, they're like this all day long. They can type all day. (laughs) But when they they, need a face-to-face, it's like, there's kind of headlights. Yep, exactly. How do I talk to this person? What should I be saying? I don't know what to say. Which means you should definitely have social skills. You have to have social skills too, <laughs> yes. It's um, when you're branding, branding requires you to have those social skills because you need to go out and network, shake, shake hands with people and get your name out there. You cannot brand yourself behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And if, well, you can with the social media these days, but you're not going to meet the real people. And uh, it's going to be much harder for you to get a six-year-old. You want me to fix that? Mm-hmm. I'm saying six-year-old. Uh, six-year-old investor, you're not going to meet on Facebook. You're going to be meeting them at an investment in meeting. person, or and that's how I feel. I kind of feel like some of the bigger clients. That we're gonna get face to face because I meet a lot of people when I go out older gentlemen with all the money and they like the first impression, the handshaking, the handshaking, getting to know about you, and then mm-hmm. I kind of tell them about myself, give them my card, and we kind of build that relationship. Mm-hmm. Versus, like you said, they won't be on yeah. Facebook. And- the cool thing now is the older generation does not require you to be just as old as them. In order to, uh, got it. They don't require you to be as old as them anymore. They trust that the younger generation, they'll come, they'll look for someone who's younger, who knows the technology, to help them do the marketing for mm-hmm. whatever type of so investment, whatever property. Yeah. To have other people. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like it's that? 
actually benefiting them versus them being hands-on doing it. What's it? Well, I mean, you can kind of tell when somebody, like, pays, when they're not running their own social media handle. Mm-hmm. They kind of put people in charge of money. Can you tell the difference between someone who's actually doing it themselves versus paying somebody to do it? Yeah, you can because the content is different. But I do have agents that if they listen to what I'm telling them to do and they're doing it properly, it looks like it's professional also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have several several of my agents. You look at their site, it looks like they're paying somebody to, to do it, but they're not. They're just going in, programming it, and um, scheduling the posts. But I don't... Um... How do you feel about posts that's too scripted? I, I don't it's like anything annoying. scripted. I, that's my point. Just like when new agents ask me, hey, Lisa, do you have scripts? I'm like, yeah, I, no. I do. <laughs> I have scripts. but I don't use scripts. Tell me what it is you want to do and let me tell you how to have that conversation. Because you people people hear scripts all the time. They don't want to talk to a book. If they did, they or if they want to talk to a script, they can just go online, type in the question, and some automated response will come up. They want a human. And I know a lot of agents are more comfortable reading a script. But I was like, well, if you're going to read the script, at least modify it so it sounds like you. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because I, I, when I see it, it automatically, like, <laughs> you copied and pasted it. Like, you didn't put any thought. It's not original. <laughs> yeah, so when I exactly. see it, it's just like... I. Not not interesting. Not interesting. And and, you, and I don't even want to work with you because you can't even be original. That's my whole point. People like originality. I think people actually buy into the person when they work with them. Mm-hmm. They like that person. Mm-hmm. So if you're just a scripted person, it's like what makes you different from the other billion agents that's in the city? <laughs> and that's where I come in, like with the charm. You know? Yeah. And I bring a lot more to the table. I feel like. Well, it's the same thing when I go to recruit. Um. The agents remember me, and they're they've uh, Rick's like, what do you tell them in these uh, when you go do these presentations? I was like, well, I like to eat, drink, and sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so a lot of agents they 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 leave there, and I stand out because I'm I'm able to just be straightforward with them. I was like, if I'm not training, I'm eating, drinking, or sleeping, mm-hmm. and it. You know, it's it's original. Everybody that comes in to recruit always says, oh, A, B, C, and D. And they're monotone and they do the presentation and they leave. You got to well, add some personality. You make real estate fun. <laughs> <laughs> because they said that, like, when you come in, it's just, you make it exciting versus, like, because I feel like when you first come in, you're nervous. You really don't know what to do. Yeah. And you just make everything simple, although your straightforward personality can come off as intimidating sometimes <laughs> for the average person. Not for myself, but for the average person can kind of like it's you go scary. from smiling to not smiling at all. And it's like but you're, <laughs> you're not angry, it's just like work mode, work mode. Yeah, I, just the switch up I guess. Yeah, well you gotta remember I used to own restaurants. You oh, you have that pe- people who smile all the time. I read some article a couple of weeks ago. People who smile all the time um, and they're trying to fake smile all the time. Those people, they drink a lot more than the others. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really hard. You know, you, you get 
dressed from the kitchen, got all these people yelling at you, and then you go, hi, how are you doing today? Can I take your order? <laughs> I mean, a lot of men, you have a manager type or about to, like, <laughs> you're that manager. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a scary person. My employees used to tell me it's like working in Hell's Kitchen. That's how they look at you? Because in the kitchen, it would be like you, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then everybody would be assigned certain things. But at any one point in time, I would know what the other eight people in the kitchen are doing mm-hmm. or should be doing. And then I go back up front and all these people, my restaurant in the kitchen, you can hear me screaming in the kitchen and out in the dining room at the furthest corner, you can hear me you screaming. You were yelling at people? My... And there's been times when people it's like, call your manager out here. We need to talk to them. I'll come out. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> there's somebody just screaming at the employees in the kitchen. You need to do and something it about it. It was always time. me screaming. <laughs> <laughs> people were like, you screaming? No way. I was like, yeah, you have no idea. So you were that manager. The I, mean one turned nice one really quick for the guests. Really quick for the guests. But you know what? My, my, my agents... They like the fact that I, if if they get to know me, I care about them <laughs> and I care about their business. But my employees were the same way. I still have old employees that that still call me. But they, if you look at them, all my employees worked for me from eight, uh, six, seven, eight to nine years from the beginning of time until now. And most in the hospitality industry, that's very rare. You know, if you think about it, there's a lot of turnover in hospitality. People work a year, two years, they get stressed out, they jump to another restaurant. That's not like that with um, with me. They stick with me long term. So how what do you feel like you learned when you were running your restaurants? How did that help you in real estate when you got started? What no, qualities? I did. I did real estate before I had. So you did that before the restaurant? Yeah, everybody thought I was crazy. I was making six figures a year in real estate, and I decided to do restaurants, and everybody thought I was crazy. Were you doing both? I did do both later on, but once I started into the restaurant business, I, um, I everybody thought I was nuts. And now that I look at it, I look at the numbers, I think I was a little crazy. <laughs> Because you don't, you work like 80, 90 hours easily at a restaurant. And you make, let's just say what I'm making, and I owned a restaurant, my sales were $60,000, $70,000 a month in the restaurants at some months. And my take home was like, you know, four or $5,000. But that's because you got, inventory you've got employees you got ac that breaks down you got somebody that vandalized so like your place. The payroll. yeah and nowadays it's like my husband goes how long would you have to work at cajun stop to make that i'd say three months mm-hmm. and i'm doing it in like one or two contracts you know so but how was it just i feel like ownership was the best part real estate is entrepreneurship well i understand that but i'm saying like to have something side I guess like because that's what I want I want to open up multiple things <clears throat> on the side well I I I consult for restaurant owners and 
a lot of people, they make the mistake, they jump in and they're, no one tells them where they're going. What to expect. Yeah, what to expect and where they're going. You know, I had a guy, I opened up a restaurant in the mall and he paid me like 10 grand. And it was for 10 days of service to convert his uh, restaurant. He had bought a franchise and it didn't make any money, you know? And I took it and flipped it and he goes, second month, he goes, I've never made a profit off of this restaurant until now, you know, but it's. Lisa saves the day again. It's not necessarily <laughs> saving the day. I, I lost so much money in order to figure out how to make money. So it was a process. You learned from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why I stepped back into real estate 100% was because of my kid. My husband looked at me and said, you, it's either a kid and real estate or you can have the restaurant and then you'll never see your kids. Because I never saw my first son. You were always there. Mm -hmm. So when you own a restaurant and it requires you to be there all the time, no. you can't have people in charge. No. To you can't, but the restaurant is an easy place to steal. Easy place to steal money, steal inventory, steal whatever. And so, you know, now nowadays with all the technology, it's so easy to monitor. But 10 years ago, in order to monitor the restaurant, it would cost me thousands of dollars that I didn't have. And I didn't understand it. Now I can just walk into a restaurant. Somebody, you want somebody to run it? Let me show you how to do it. And then you can walk away. And towards the end was whenever I figured it out. Because I started franchising, I um, I train. I had a book, trained the managers how to do everything, and made the managers accountable, but also gave them, you know, profit share ownership. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. I'll ask you more off camera, but <laughs> <laughs> you're so funny. You know a lot. This was very very helpful. This information today. Thank you so much for your time. Where can everybody find you? Facebook, Instagram? So on Instagram, you can go to Chef Can't Bake. You're still a chef? Chef cannot Can bake. you cook? I can cook anything and everything that I put my mouth on. Oh, really? I, I have a very good palate, but let me tell you, I can't bake. You can't bake? That's easy. <laughs> How can you cook when not bake? <laughs> You, no cakes from Lisa. You have no, I don't know. You can ask my, I, people, and a lot of chefs tell me this. It's because when you're a chef, you taste things and then you add seasoning, make it change, make it taste right or whatever. When you bake, it's following instructions and I can't follow instructions apparently. Why? That's all real estate is, is following. <laughs> you want us to follow instructions. You do. Easy. You follow instructions to write the contracts, but there are no instructions on how to negotiate. So you're saying baking is negotiating. It's like negotiating. And no, once you follow the steps, you've made it. Yeah, no, but when you negotiate, nobody tells you what to do when, okay, inspection says HVAC is broken. There, so, there's different options, and nobody tells you how to negotiate. Baking is literally follow the steps, put it in the oven, and you have a cavity. That simple. I, I know, but sometimes like a cup of sugar doesn't seem like it's enough. So I need to add on another. <laughs> no, quarter. that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to follow the instructions. Hey, you know what? 
for my husband's birthday, and there's a picture on Instagram, and there's him and his sad face. I followed the instructions on the box. I I, I went and the cake came out wrong. I forgot to add milk. You can't forget that. That's the most important part. Whatever. I just <laughs> it's a struggle, and you know I was so proud of myself. I put it in the oven. It smelled good. Took it out. It was like rubber, and then it was flat. And you know my mother-in-law, she she good. When she came, she goes, "This is just in case." Not saying that you're gonna mess up on baking, but this is just in case. She she brought an extra cake that we had to use a backup cake because my cake didn't turn out good. So she knew. She doesn't even believe in your baking ability. She. This is sad. She was trying to be nice. Uh, she was trying to be nice by saying that, but. Yeah, it is kind of sad. My son won't let me bake anything. He goes, Mommy, you're going to burn the house down. I caught myself on fire once. You may have um, eggshells in the cakes. I actually do. My Whoa. husband, my hus it kills my husband. My husband goes, Baby, you just cracked a big old piece of egg. And I'm like, Well, it's mixed up and everything. I can't find it now. So, can you make pancakes? Very flat pancakes. Oh, this is scary. He <laughs> said you can cook. But I can cook. I can tell you I can cook anything. Soul food? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm really good at soul food. <laughs> Do you eat turkey necks? Why? Because I'm black? I'm just joking. No, yeah. I don't like them. My parents love them. I, I can make some kick-ass turkey necks. But the reason why I'm telling you is the owners at Blood... Have you heard of Blood Brothers Barbecue? I have heard of it. They're like top notch right now. You guys need to go out there and get them. My, they're my boys out there. Well, this was fun. We're getting ready to wrap this up. And you said, what was your Instagram? Chef Can't Bake. Hey, she's just told on herself. Thank you, guys. Uh, tune in next time. <laughs>